The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Welcome to the latest episode of the SWM podcast. I'm your host, Billy, as always, and I am joined this week uh, by the ICW Tag Team Champion, Reckless Attempt Tag Team Champion, and you possibly still be SWAX Champion. I'm not sure at this point. It's Jack Morris. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me on. You've got a fair amount of titles uh, going on. I, I wanted to introduce you as 8-Pack Jack, because I loved that name uh, when, when it came out. But yeah. I thought... Is that a bit too? Is that a bit too personal? Straight away, just to go here he is, eight pack Jack. Um, I've not heard it in a while. Obviously, there's not been many shows, but if it comes back, I'll be happy. <laughs> um, it was it was the first thing. I, well, I say the first thing I saw because the first time I saw you was uh, UPW uh, United Pro when mm-hmm. you came up to Bucky, um, yeah. and I saw you. I was like, oh my god, that's a wrestler. <laughs> that's what a wrestler looks like. And uh, when uh, his mum was with me, she was like, oh. So that's always that's always a good sign. If if a one actually pays attention to a show, you know it's it's going to be worth watching. Uh, anyway, the first question is always the same: How did you get into pro wrestling? What got you hooked? Um, just watched it from a young age, like probably most most people. Just I got an older brother, and he was watching it about eight year old, which would make me five, and just being five year old and watching these larger than life characters, you know, um, just, just got me hooked from the start. Um, I think when I started watching it was Mick Foley and Triple H, the Cactus Jack stuff, which led into Hell in a Cell. And again, when you're five years old and you're watching a man fall through a cell and break the ring, I mean, it's pretty, it's going to get you hooked, I feel. Um, so yeah, just from there, and then just watched it ever since until I until I got into it. So that would, that would be the year two thousand, uh, pretty much the year after I got, I got into it as well. So that's that seems to be the time where most people I speak to get into it. It's either Mick Foley and, and Triple H or Jeff Hardy seems to be the yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. the same time, yeah. Again, like um, about TLC, like um, first TLC as well, and just watching that watching guys go through tables and jumping off ladders. Like, when you're that age, it's more of those moments that feel grip you than, like, if you're watching, like, a technical match, you know? Seeing these men just, just carnage, really. And it's, it's cool when you're five. So, yeah, it's still cool now, to be fair. But when you're five, it's just everything's that much bigger. And uh, it's just, you, you believe it as well. There's a realism. So, yeah. That, that's it. I mean, I don't think now... I'm, I'm exactly the same. I, I go for the moments, the big spells and what have you. Um, it's only been very recently that I've watched things like OSW Review and I go back and appreciate guys like Bret Hart uh, yeah. that, that do all these kind of subtle movements and yeah. do all these little moments and things that you don't pick up when you're five oh, uh, at the time. Uh, or guys like... Uh, a guy that I really liked from watching it was like the Mountie or the yeah. Rougeos. I'm like, I never... Like the Rougeos. The only way I ever saw them was uh, Royal Rumble 94. I had that on VHS. 
Yeah. Uh, kids, that's, that's a video tape. Um, you know, <laughs> yourself. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't get it. And then when I was going back watching these old shows, I'm like, oh my God, those shows are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's so true. Like I watch, like nowadays I watch more because the network's such a good source, obviously it's got everything, but like going back and watching Bret Hart and even like Triple H during that run, like I feel like he's underrated as a heel because he's just such like... You just hate him. And his promos are great. And it's just, that's what's so good about having the network as well. Like getting to go back and watching all these things that when you're, when you're young, you're not, you're not appreciating that. So. Absolutely. And it'll be, there'll be 10 years time. And so we'll be going back, watch the Devin Network going, oh, there's Fight Club. We'll watch that now. There's, there's that Jack Morris. Remember yeah. him way back when. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get onto that a bit because we, we do try to keep a timeline. It, it veers off very quickly, but uh, yeah. we'll go from, before before wrestling, before you, you became a wrestler, um, of course, you had a little bit of a career in football as well. A little bit, a little bit. So I did I did a little bit of research. Uh, so part of the Dunfermline Youth, team, uh, youth Club, and yeah. then um, I stayed kind of beef for two years. Yeah. Uh, as a striker. Yeah. Um, was that was that your goal? Because uh, I mean, when you're when you're young, wrestler isn't really. It's the wee jokey one that you say, oh, I want to be a wrestler. Hi, oh, okay, very good. Um, so was football or, like, the next one? Yeah, so, like, I'd always, I'd always, I was always active as a kid and I always played football, you know, from, again, as, as early as I can remember, I played football, whether it was five sides, seven sides, moving up to 11 sides. Just being in Scotland as well and around that time, like a 12-year-old back in, 2005 doesn't have the same possibilities in wrestling as a 12 year old in 2021 you know there's so many schools nowadays um all over scotland the possibility to be a wrestler nxt uk and stuff like there's such a better chance of getting into it now than there was back in 2005 like i'd like to think if like the situation was back then and there's loads of these possibilities and all these schools then I would have went along to wrestling as well as playing football but at the time it just wasn't just wasn't there so football was it football was what my focus was on um and yeah played football until I was I was 21 um I had a professional contract with Cowden Beef um last season there was just injury I'm one of those people, if it wasn't for injuries, I could have could have made it. Um, I was never going to be Messi or Ronaldo, but I, I feel like I could have made it at that, the level I was playing at. But once I came back from injuries, it was like the whole season, and I did the preseason following, and I signed with Sterling, and I just wasn't getting game time, and eventually I just, just fell out of love with it. Um, I went down a level and played junior, and again, just, just wasn't enjoying it. So stop playing and <laughs> cheesiest <laughs> like now or never like if I'm going to do wrestling like I'll, I'll like now's the time I'm not playing football like I'll go along and see what happens so so I did and um, here I am uh, but, but yeah champion, Scottish Championship I'm, I'm not a football guy so I'm very very uh, in, in the deep end when, it, when I brought this up um, but I mean we may as well speak about it because as a recording it happened last night what 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 by the time this comes out it'll be all over but uh, what, 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 what was your thoughts on the Scotland uh, performance 
couple matches. Oh, well, I thought it was last night was great, to be honest. Before it, if I got asked, oh, would you take a nil now draw, then yeah, I would. But I feel like Scotland had, had the better of the chances. Um, and I don't know, I was kind of sitting there after, like, oh, I wish we could have just sneaked one in, like, got the win. But I think I'm more disappointed at how we got beat. Uh, I think it was Monday by Czech Republic because so I feel like if we put a performance in like we did last night against England against Czech Republic then we would have beat them but yeah, uh, I, I had it in the that's what happened <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I watched the first game because I was like this is, this is history last time yeah. I watched a Scotland game probably was 1998 yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's been that long and uh, yeah as soon as the second goal went I went Outside, I was gonna just continue doing my work. Right? I'm just gonna. <laughs> it was just so Scottish. Like even the second goal goes so like hits it from a halfway line. It's just like, yep, yeah, we're Scotland. But uh, I had I think the game on the background. I was gonna watch it because I thought every time I watch a game, it goes wrong. They lose. I mean, even when I briefly watched the the last game before they qualified, uh, it was one 0 I turned on. Oh, there's a corner. Oh no. <laughs> Switch it off. That's <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's, I'm cursed. I'm just. Yeah. Um, anyway, right. We're going for the football because I'll really date this. So. Yeah, I know. Be, uh, but we'll just we'll just we'll just say, uh, oh, great that we got to the knockouts. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so football career, it's it's winding up. How did you get involved with with wrestling then? So you started in Dundee. I did start in Dundee. How did you find um, them? Well, I was, I was, uh, <laughs> I, I go to a barber's in Dundee, funnily enough, I don't even think because my hair's so long, but I go to a barber's in Dundee, which I know sounds random, but I spent a lot of my late teens up there, um, just with friends going to uni and stuff, and I started going to a barber's and the barber brought up that there was a wrestling school in Dundee, and I don't know why I didn't think, oh, wrestling school, I'll do my research, find somewhere closer, because I'm obviously in Fife. Um, but I didn't, so I just thought, okay, like, yeah, I'll go to Dundee. And I still had friends up there, so it was easy to go up and then stay over and whatnot. Um, and, yeah, that's just kind of how I got started. Um, and then here, here we are. It was my first experience in the ring. Um, and then from there, we've, we've just kind of... Progressed, I would say. Were you aware of the Scottish scene beforehand, or was this kind of your first? Oh God, there's actually wrestling in in Scotland. Um, I was aware of Discovery and ICW um, because I was still watching wrestling, like WWE stuff, and I knew that um, at this point when I was getting into it, uh, it was an inaugural like NXT UK. Uh, so I knew who Wolfgang was. Um, I knew who a couple of others were. Um, from like seeing bits and bobs ICW on social media and whatnot and Discovery uh, and I don't know hindsight I, I don't know why I didn't do my research on on, on schools and stuff but I think again because I had friends in Dundee and I don't know I just thought oh, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just go uh, and it wasn't long before you actually made your debut I've got to note it down I think it was a handicap match some description possibly I did write down. I don't have it in my notes now. Um, and it wasn't long at all, was it? No, I was. Uh, no, I see. I can't even. 
I I can't even remember the debut. I know that in my debut, um, I wasn't meant to be wrestling on that show because I had my car was in the garage, and for some reason, I had I think we remember doing promo shots or something, and I'd left the gear from during the week, my gear from during the week in the car. Car went in the garage on Friday. I was expecting to get my car back on Friday. Didn't get my car back till the Monday, and the show was on the Saturday. And I didn't have my gear. So I wrestled my first match in like running tights and borrowing people's knee pads and that stuff. But I was stressed because I had nice new gear and it was all fancy and looked good. Looked the part. Uh, and I, I don't know, felt a bit flat because I didn't have my nice new gear. But yeah. Uh, did you find you picked up quite quickly then? I mean, as, as play football, so you have the cardio. A little yeah. bit. You'll, you'll have all the kind of athletic tools for it. Yeah. Uh, but how did you find putting so, all together? So the athletic side of things was pretty pretty easy. I, I would say I have a brief. I did gymnastics till I was about fifteen, sixteen as well for a dis, like a display team. So we did tumbling stuff. So forward rolls, backward rolls, all all sorted. Um, again, athleticism, running about like cardio isn't a problem. Um, it was just a bit unnatural, you know, like taking taking bumps and you know, hitting the ropes and whatnot, like bumping. I, mean, I wasn't much of a diver in football, so I didn't have much experience in doing bumps. So, <laughs> so um, just things I hadn't done before were a bit a bit strange, throwing yourself to the ground and whatnot. But um, but I played the side of things. Now nah, I took it, I picked it up pretty easy, I'd say. Uh, and then from there, of course, you end up having a trip to Germany uh, in, in the middle of all that, um, mm -hmm. which I did, I did write down. You did mention it before I hit record as well. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, it was at the, you were at Dundee, yeah. very obscure. Uh, not many people would go or, or know about it. How did you end up getting booked for Germany? So strange. So I think uh, we had uh, Jazzy Gabber and Thunder Roseover who were wrestling each other on the show. And I was wrestling on the show, and I think it was maybe only my fifth or sixth match. And Jazzy literally just saw me, saw me in the back, looking in shape. Uh, watched my watched my match, thought I looked all right. And uh, after the show, she just we got each other on social media, and then a month or two later, got me in contact with a promoter who messaged me. Um, and then all of a sudden, I was over over in Germany after after six matches. And I don't have a. I didn't think much. Like I was excited, and I thought this is this is great. But I didn't think, oh, going over to Germany after six seven matches is like a huge deal. I maybe thought, oh, this must happen to people. Like this is fine. And then it wasn't until I got picked up at the airport by one of our wrestlers, and he asked how long I was doing it for. And I told him it's like my sixth seventh match, and the, the car just erupted in laughter, and they thought I was taking a Mickey, like. And I was like, no, I'm serious. Like, and <laughs> that made me more nervous, to be honest. But the match is on YouTube. And it actually, for a sixth or seventh match, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, but again, just a really cool experience. Like, but that was, yeah, that was because the Jazzy Gabber came over and, and, and wrestled for the, the Dundee promotion. So it's quite it's quite amazing like, right about that time as well, be, be yourself, there's guys like Craig Anthony, all these guys that were just picking up like seem to be coming out of nowhere and just having 
blistering matches or just appearing everywhere. It's it's mm-hmm. it's uh, we're coming back into that. Hopefully, come back into that golden age when when the shows pick up again. Um, so you went back to Dundee. Your yeah. time kind of petered out there, and you ended up going over to America. <laughs> yeah. How? Why? How and why? <laughs> why? Because. Because I was just, it's, I just wanted to go, I've always wanted to go to America and by, I don't know, I was just, I was just, wasn't happy with the job I was doing here and um, nothing was really, I don't know, I just wanted to go for a wee adventure and I wanted wrestling involved in it and I'd always wanted to go to America so yeah I just I just applied for a school and off off I went and was there for a few weeks and yeah it didn't really work out how I how I thought it would or how I wanted it to but there were circumstances over there and personal circumstances over here that I kind of had to wave them up and then I just thought it's maybe not worth my time at the moment to be here I'll maybe come back and 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 revisit at some point um Hindsight is in the last year. I've not been able to. We've not been able to travel. But um, with everything that's happened since going to America, I feel like I've, I've I made a good decision coming coming back. You know, I'm quite happy where my wrestling is is at the moment and my progression. I mean, you you did pretty all right uh, from, from, all right. from what I've got here. Uh, but yeah. yeah, so for what I'm getting from that is you you're very. Uh, you lead with your heart kind of things like oh what do this and we do this and then when you get there you're like oh no wait hang on yeah much like yeah i'm not afraid to, yeah i'm very like let's do this and if it goes pulls up then yeah i'm not afraid to go right okay i maybe made a, a movie here and yeah <laughs> uh but you didn't return to the day you went to reckless attempt yes uh when you came back of course uh would have been the Dickie Divers, who will be coming into your, your story uh, yeah. very soon. Um, at what point did you go to Germany uh, for WX Dub? Um, God, I said, thank you when I said that. Uh, WXW for training. Yeah. Um, that was, I think I was maybe after a, a year at Reckless. I think it was maybe April time, maybe 2019. So I think I'd been at Reckless for a year at that point um again yeah just the scene the european scene blowing up and boys getting a chance in nxt and just wanting to learn more than travel about and it looks good on a on a cv when you're sending out to promotions um so i went over there for a week and had a really good experience and yeah i'd advise anyone to go over and do it i know a few of the boys I've been over like Leighton and whatnot and San Barbara and, and they had good experience too and it's a really good setup so I'd advise any young well obviously you can't really at the moment but the world's opening back up but yeah WXW is really good really good place good coaches and good facilities as well. Um, it's also I mean did you find that was kind of like your your uh, your redo of your of your Germany experience as well because now you've got two years under your belt You've had a bit more matches, a bit more experience. You're like, you're you're not going to be the guy that's in the car going. I've only had six matches. I don't, yeah. I'm not sure why I'm here. To be honest, yeah. no, yeah, I went, um, yeah, yeah, because I felt there was different. They do different experience levels in their classes. They have classes every evening of the week, um, and 
I was nervous, like going into these experience classes, but I felt like I, I held my held my own and like didn't look out of place as well. Whereas if I went to those, I probably wouldn't even have got in the experience classes when I when on my first trip to Germany. Um. So yeah, I'd, yeah, it was it was well worthwhile, and I learned learned plenty and met people I still keep in touch with even just after a week. Um. I wish I could have stayed longer, but I've working circumstances and stuff. There's only so much time you can skive off your work or take holidays for. So, okay, especially if you've got our half going. Oh, where, where are we going? Oh, I'm going to Germany. I don't know what you're doing, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what it was like at the time. Too. <laughs> uh, so yeah, reckless ten. That's really where where I think your your story really began, uh, Jack mm. Jack Morris. Um, any reason for particular? Morris as the surname was it just just because it sounded like Zach Morris? Um, do you get called Zach Morris a lot? <laughs> not not really, no. But I was a big Save by the Bell fan, so I liked that little connection. And also, my granddad was called Morris, so I thought it's a bit personal, and it's got the Save by the Bell kind of kind of ring to it. So yeah, it kind of felt. Don't know. I was never gonna be. I was never. Well, at the time I was never gonna be like an undertaker or something. I wanted a proper name, a normal sounding name for my gimmick and whatnot. So, yeah. So so when uh, the baby first turn eventually happens, you'll be coming out to Save by the Bell theme. Okay, I can just hear I'll it now. That. I'll take yeah. a, a ringing bell at the start, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Reckless Den, that's, where did you go back there? Well, when did you, sorry, where did you go there when you came back uh, from America? So it was actually uh, Kuma. <laughs> Big Kuma, who I'd met through the UPW shows, um, put me in touch with Michael Chase, who was running Reckless at the time. And he just kind of explained my situation, got me in touch. Mikey messaged me, said, come along, we'll train on these dates. And uh, away I went. And um, yeah, didn't, didn't really look back. Um, it's obviously a lot closer to me than Dundee. So I was thinking, well, why did I double my time time of a trip you know it takes an hour to get to Dundee and it takes half an hour to get to Livingston so even just that um and yeah just after my first session I thought right this is this is it um already was learning just from a from the first you know 45 hour being there so and that's the main thing learning so yeah it was thanks to thanks to Kuma I got went to Reckless. So, um, especially Michael Chase. Anyway, he had a he had a trial for WWE, so at least he knows yeah. what they're looking for as well and what their yeah, yeah. trials and, and training regimen uh, regimens are. Yeah. Um, so it's always it's, it's always worth. I mean, you know that now. Hindsight's yeah, thing. hindsight is great. But yeah, he did. He had a trial, and um, I think in my first session as well, Dicky was there, and I'd seen on posters as well from previous shows and their social media that they had a really good connection with with Glasgow and wrestlers who were, you know, wrestling all around the country and, and getting these WWE shouts like your your BT guns and your Stevie Boys and your Andy Wilds and Joe Coffees and, and whatnot and Mark Coffey. Like they were working for Reckless and it just seemed like been <sighs> It was where I was gonna. I was gonna learn. So, 
I mean, yeah, Re Reckless is very good for feeding uh, into things like Discovery and ICW and it's yeah, exactly like connection and, and, and that's the places you that's the places you you knew about uh, yeah. before you started. Yeah. Um, what was your what was your UPW experience like then? Because uh, they they were very they were here for what two years and they disappeared. Yeah. Uh, of course, I, I got to see like I said up in Bucky, uh, which yeah. is the back end of nowhere. Uh, but you got to wrestle Doug Williams, of course, uh, which, awesome. which is not too bad. Was, was no. that one of the Peter Head shows, Mint Law, something like that? Yeah, I think it was, I want to say Peter Head. I want to say Peter Head. But yeah, it was in, yeah, UPW memories are really good, to be honest. They were a good, they had a good setup, they were a good promotion. I was gutted when they, when they, when we stopped, um, because we did put on a, a good few shows and we are using good talent and, um, wasn't just Doug Williams that we had over. They had Senza Volto and Baram and, and Dave Mastiff did a couple of shows. And but yeah, I got to wrestle Doug Williams there. And I think at this point, I'd only been at Reckless for five, five, six months. And I feel like Reckless is where I know I had my time in Dundee, but Reckless is where I really learned to to wrestle and the fundamentals and the basics. Um, so again, getting to wrestle Doug Williams after. It's five six months like it was it was pretty cool because I I used to watch TNA at the time <laughs> with him in it as well so I remember like watching his matches with with AJ and Ango and then I'm sure he had a few matches with Flair and now he was wrestling me I thought God this is surreal really is that kind of guy like um sorry you said you you're before your first match you were nervous was this one of the matches you're like nerves were were ramped high because it's, it's oh, Doug Williams. Yeah. Yeah, this is this was yeah, this is probably most nervous. I'd, more nervous than Germany, to be honest. Because uh, I don't know, I just felt it was it was it was Doug Williams. Like this was yeah, this was the biggest match so far. Probably still one of the biggest matches I've had. Um but yeah just because of the circumstances and I remember just mess messaging Mikey like being so nervous because he wasn't on the show and uh but the match went the match went all right and uh again at the time I felt like it was a really good match for the ability and time frame I'd been wrestling but if I was to do that now and wrestle him again like tomorrow I feel like it'd be such a better match because obviously experience but that's just one of those one of those things that happened so um, so yeah, back back to Reckless. Of course, you mentioned Dicky Divers. Uh, we're not going to get to this podcast today. I obviously mentioned ninety nine because it would be a it would be a very poorly researched interview if I didn't <laughs> actually bring them up. Uh, but were you and Dicky? Was it just uh, chemistry straight away? Of course, it was the love of Brooklyn nine nine that kind of brought it all together. But uh, well, how did you hit off straight away? So <laughs> we're doing a show, not the usual Reckless uh, Livingston show. I can't remember. It was somewhere near Edinburgh but yeah uh, Dickie was on the show and we we're doing the ring job for the van and me and Dickie just started I don't even know how it got brought up but I think one of us just quoted said a Brooklyn Nine-Nine quote without actually saying talking about Brooklyn Nine-Nine and then one of us clicked and then that was that was it we we're just quoting Brooklyn Nine-Nine for the rest of the rest of the day and uh, yeah that was that was kind of it and then quick, quickly I think maybe the show after we decided to put me with with Dicky, not so much as a tag, but as like a just kind of like a manager, and then he'd come out with me and vice versa and whatnot. So 
and then we just kind of went from there and then a tag team from that point was kind of just the natural progression. Uh, but I was looking through your, your, I mean, this kind of started in 2019 and I was like looking through your 2019 in general as part of the 99 as, as a singles. I'm like, geez, you, I think you did everything in 2019. Um, you became an ex-champion in SWA. Yep. Uh, you became a UK champion in Reckless. And, and Reckless. So these are your first kind of titles. What was yep. it like? I don't know if you're a title guy, if, you, if you're like, oh my God, I've got a belt or if it was like a trust thing. What was it like yep. in your hands in your first championship belt yeah no that was awesome I think I can't remember which one I think the UK one came first which was awesome again because Reckless don't know I learned so much with Reckless and getting it I felt like it it was kind of like (laughs) sounds so cheesy but I don't know just had a bit of faith in me and uh, because I felt like that's where I kind of really started and learned and then getting the belt was was pretty cool the SWAX Division Championship was again really cool because I feel like SWA are, are a really big 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 deal in Scotland. I think it would, if everyone's honest, it would go like ICW and Discovery and then SWA, especially for family shows. Like they pack out venues all the time and getting to hold their championship was, was pretty pretty special pretty cool um but yeah 2019 was it was a mad year mad year um of course a part of SWA you face Credo in a, a singles match for the first time as well uh different kind of match of course than your run-the-mill usual what did you what was it like getting to ring with with someone who is just a huge star in Scotland it was it was pretty cool I was actually like I was very chilled about it though because a story from Dundee, which is quite quite funny now, is Grado was on one of the shows and at this time I wasn't I wasn't really wrestling, but I was backstage again doing ring ring stuff and whatnot. And he stopped in the corridor and uh, was like, "Are you are you wrestling tonight?" And I was like, "Nah." He pulls a promoter. He's like, "Why is this guy not wrestling? Like, look at his shape. Um, he should be on your shows. Blah blah. He's gonna make it huge, right?" So he's saying that in Dundee, and I think I'd only been training, I don't know, for a month or two, and uh, then we just kind of kept in touch from very old message. And again, he was one of the ones at Reckless, like would come into Reckless regularly and whatnot, and um, just always been brand new and, and sound to me. And I just remember him saying. Even in Dundee, like he didn't need to say that, but it was a cool moment. And uh, then getting to finally wrestle him, like we just went over and had had fun, and it was so so easy as well, so easy to work. And uh, probably one of my favourite matches because the crowd were just soaking everything up, like they just loved it. Uh, we don't have to go into any detail about it, but I bet your experience uh, probably kind of dipped down in Dundee after that. Uh, once once someone was told that you could make it elsewhere. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> everyone, everyone knows will know. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, you see guys like yourself and uh, the other one that comes to mind is Caleb Valhalla. Um, when you see them, you just go, wrestler, yeah. money. And uh, if you got a guy like Vado who's, who's made it, who's got it, uh, saying it, then that must be just like, I must be able, I can do this everywhere kind of thing. That's that, must be the confidence boost you have. Yeah, that's just one of the, like being in shape, like Miss Caleb, like 
I just I feel like it's so important to be in shape and look for part of a wrestler. Like, and I think that's one of the reasons I've had the opportunities I've had. Well, I know it's one of the reasons I've had the opportunities I've had that I look for part. And that's that's what people and promoters want, to be honest. And I, I know I wouldn't have got my my Germany gig from Jazzy if I didn't look for part and I probably wouldn't have been thrown in the ring with, with Doug if I didn't look for part because he's obviously in, in good nick too. So, yeah. Uh, and does that put any pressure on you to, I mean, you look the part, you've got to, you've got to be the part, you've got to act the part. Does that put any pressure on you to be able to do everything so smoothly and, and not make mistakes? And do you find that makes it worse? <laughs> not before this interview. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, no muck ups happen. Eh? I've just taken on the before I would have been very well, it depends on the stage, <laughs> but sometimes it's easier to laugh it off than, than other places. But yeah, I don't, I don't mess up, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, there you go, it's fine. Uh, I'm, I'm so sorry. When, when next time I see the, the ICW tapings come up on the network and, and the people watch you intently going, don't, don't mess up now, yeah. don't mess up now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, back, back to, like I said, 2019 was just crazy because of course you then you face Credo again with Sugar Dunkerton uh, with yeah. the aptly named Scott Chocolate, which yeah. incredible. Uh, so that would have been outside of, of Germany and your, your time in the US, that would be your first kind of proper import of course Doug Williams of course uh, what was it like getting in the ring with with someone like a sugar dunker did you just now went on to do AEW and and the likes yeah it was pretty it was, it was pretty cool he is um he is a character he is uh, what you see in the ring is kind of what you get outside the ring so <laughs> plan matches and stuff is an experience and a learning thing in itself with him but no, it was it was fun, and the two of them make such a good um, a good a good combination that the crowd it makes it easier for for being being the bad guy when the when the faces are so loved, it just makes the job easier. So, do you, do you find it more comfortable being the bad guy? Do you find that a bit more in your remit, or or is there is there a baby face in there somewhere? There is a baby face in there somewhere. I have done babyface stuff with a few promotions, to be fair, but um, I just feel like it's easier to be the bad guy, I feel. It's easier to make people hate you because you can just go out and tell them they're ugly or you hate their T-shirt or and kids don't like that, so it's fine. <laughs> or you just, you know, for over eight, like ICW stuff, you just, just put the baby oil on and whatnot and tent your abs, like, and people hate that, so it's easier, but... I feel like it's harder to make people care and not want to see you get your ass kicked. But um, yeah, I have fun doing both, to be fair. But it just so happens that I'm, I'm usually the bad guy. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, we're, we're going to get to, to Discovery. Uh, you've you faced uh, Bullet Club, uh, El Phantasmo, yeah. and uh, gosh, I wrote this down phonetically. Hikilo. Yeah, Hikilo. Oh, was that? I don't think you've been in that many times in Disco at that point. Uh, was that was that one of your first? Was that your debut? Or? I think it was second. It wasn't second or third time. I want to say I did wrestle Michael Chase and me and I was wrestle Michael Chase in a tag match, and then I think it was after that. Yeah, I think it was after that. So second time. So a bit of a deep end uh, getting thrown into Discovery. One of the promotions that you, you 
heard of before before yeah. you started. Um, so I was like getting into doing with with a faction or, or the name Bullet Club. Uh, what was that like? Very cool, <laughs> very cool. Um, the crowd just just soak soak them up. It was just it was a good crowd, and they obviously again, like I said, with the 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 Grado stuff, like when they're so loved it makes your job as a bad guy so much easier um but no it was a the match went pretty well was as well and um being in the ring with those two getting chopped by Hikaleo wasn't fun <sighs> definitely not fun but um no nah, it was a good it was a good match and good experience and they're both both brand new and I feel like it was it was a good match and the, the crowd enjoyed it which is the main thing uh, I don't know if you've been there. I'm assuming you have at this point. Who's yeah. who's got the harder chops then? Right, the two. Oh, uh, BT gun, just, just, just edges it. I had that's marks on my chest from 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 Booty and not from Hikaleo, so that's got to be there. By the time they both, they're not nice. <laughs> Uh, especially now with the, with the closed sets and everything I said you have uh, you hear everything when that yeah. chop hits um, but we'll, we'll get to ICW shortly because uh, that's, that's the big the big chapter um, so yeah Disco you're, you kind of dipped in and out you end up in, uh, in, involved in the Looking Sharp Simon Miller uh, saga yeah. as well um, which must have been a bit weird. <laughs> it was weird. It was weird. I, I don't know. Again, getting to work with Simon and stuff like um, I don't know. I think he maybe gets a bit overlooked because where he's came from and and whatnot. But again, brand new. He was solid in the ring, and it was kind of Lou and Simon's thing, and the rest of us on the outside. Crager, me and divers were just kind of the we're not the main story there. But we're, it was fun to be a part of. Um, yeah, and then, of course, we're going to get to Source as well before we, we go to SW mm -hmm. because uh, the one match that caught my eye um, because it's I always bring this up if anyone's wrestled at Source. Uh, it was the 9-9. It's yourself, yep. Divers, and uh, Sarah Marie Taylor. Yep. It's Kingdom of Catch, uh, Faith, Garvin, and, and Sammy. In Govan. Yes. Now, Govan's a special place uh, for, for a crowd. Uh, but this is actually quite a big, I say, dream match, in, in my opinion, anyway, because it's two really cool factions. Uh, but what was it like getting to stand across the ring between yourself, Kingdom of Catch, and then this this absolutely wild, ferocious crowd in Govan? So I'd heard about Govan, and then I'd wrestled in Govan, <laughs> and it was everything I'd heard. In fact, it was it was worse than what I did. Well, worse, worse than maybe the right word, but they are wild. The kids are crazy. We're getting sweeties thrown at us, and tables were getting almost pushed over. And Sarah was getting some stick, and it was <laughs> I was just from the entrance. Never had to wrestle, but it was uh, no, it was cool. Uh, We'd obviously worked a lot with, with Kings of Catch and ICW, me and Divers, and um, so we're pretty close. And I felt like they're they're probably the team out of all the teams wrestled so far that we'd had the best chemistry with. Um, 
think we maybe wrestled them three or four times in just normal tag matches, and I feel like every time it's been pretty, pretty good, pretty solid, and um, so getting to do it again in Govan and then adding Sarah and Sammy in as well, it was it was a fun it was a fun experience. Uh, but yeah, every time it, if I see as soon as I go through the cage match list, as soon as I see Fairfield Club, I'm like, oh, we're asking about Govan because it's just yeah. yeah. Anyone who's watched this and listened to this and hasn't experienced it, just go check it. Uh, Source Wrestling Rumble. It is, it is ridiculous. It is wild. It's so... And like, it's just crazy. It's crazy. It's it's as close as... A, it's like a, it's a merging between family-friendly because kids and attitude era because they'll just shout anything at you. <laughs> and then merging it together for just something... I, I, I did review it and I was like... There was points in the review because I was just doing a match by match going, oh, the crowd's amazing. And then the next match will be like, well, the crowd's are a bit harsh in this one. <laughs> yeah. And then the next one's like, oh, the crowd's amazing again. Oh, no, no, no. They went a bit far down. <laughs> well, the, kids, have, like, the kids, the kids is, are showing stuff look about eight or nine. Like, they're brutal. I feel like I'm crying after. Like, <laughs> take an ICW crowd over that, ain't it? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that brings in ICW then. I think I've, I've kind of I've, I've exhausted. Oh, we we you won the reckless uh, best of Wessel best of Battle oh, of West Lothian, Battle of West Lothian, uh, which end up you winning the UK Championship. That's kind of that story kind of uh, uh, wrapped up. Um, so yeah, ICW. Yeah. How where did you get the call? How did you get the call? I think you came in with divers, didn't you? As the nine nine came in with divers. Um, I think at the time of end of twenty eighteen. ICW kind of lost a few tag teams. Uh, I think Bram went away to America and something else happened to another team or maybe a couple other teams, just with separations and people going elsewhere. Um, and there was an opportunity to get in there and divers, um, yeah, just said, you know, I'm wrestling with, with this guy in Reckless. Um, we're a tag team. At the time, I think we'd only wrestled one. We didn't even have gear at the time. Uh, we didn't have gear at the time, but I think he blagged it. I think it's safe to say we can tell the story now. I think Divers blagged it. It said we were all prepared. We had gear and whatnot. I think it was maybe a week before the show. Um, and then we got booked. So great, we got booked. And he said we had gear, so we had to get gear made really quickly, um, which we did. And then all of a sudden, we were, we were a tag team and tag team in ICW and I think got to wrestle Shan Jester on the first first show and we, we won which was very cool <laughs> uh, and then of course you went on to, to wrestle guys like Flation uh, Storm yeah Flation Storm should I say um, so again same with Doug Williams these guys did everything in the UK uh, as well as they did have a little brief spell in TNA I don't know if you were might be just before you were watching TNA. Yeah, I'd, I have seen, I'd watched it. I wasn't watching it at the time, but I'd, after again told we were going to wrestle them, I've, I've watched a few TNA stuff with them, which again, very cool. Um, so these are kind of guys that are on your level. Because of course, Divers is the the, the, the ground, and uh, you're kind of the aerial one. Uh, so you're coming to, to with Fleisch and Storm, who are all aerial all the time. Sure. Uh, what was it like coming up against, comes them? It was, again, very cool um, because of our experience and because of what we'd done in, in wrestling. Um, getting to go up against them is is pretty 
pretty pretty special. Um, the match was really good. Um, got on well with them. Job job done. And luckily since then, I've got to I got to wrestle both of them. Um, in multi, not single matches, but in multi man tag actually tagged with Johnny Storm in uh, in Germany, and uh, was in a ladder match with two of them in Germany as well. So, like uh, going from first encounter to now, like I've got to wrestle them a few times, and it's pretty pretty cool. Uh, as far as the ladder match goes, then what's what's your kind of preparation for? Do you just watch old TLCs, uh, hope for the best, or just kind of prep for that? Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Again, my the five six year old in me who's watched. It was always one of the one of my goals to be in a in a TLC or a ladder match, and um, just because watching my Hardys and the Dudleys and Edge and Christian, I just thought it would be a cool, cool thing to say I'd been in. Not thinking that it's gonna hurt like hell, but yeah, um, just watch old matches. And luckily, the guys I was in the ring with when we've been doing those matches, like they have a lot more experience than me. So again, just a learning, just a learning curve too. Uh, but yeah, your ICW career has been pretty good. Uh, you've, you've been picking up wins. And of course, yeah. just before the show is kind of closed, um, you're kind of just, just on the, the precipice, is that the word, uh, of, of going for the tag titles. I think you just, just uh, had a shot at them at the square goal. Possibly. Yeah. Is that? Um, right, what's it, what's it like from in front of the Road to Academy and ICW crowd? We mentioned Govan being yeah. nuts. What's it like being in front of an ICW crowd, a super judgmental crowd? <laughs> awesome. I actually love it, eh? Because, again, before, again, when I was first getting into it, that NXT UK inaugural stuff, like, I just started, me and my brother were going to ICW shows. And then to go to a couple of, couple years later and I'm wrestling at Shugs at the, the O2 and uh, wrestling at SWG3 like in front of this crowd like it was it's pretty it's pretty cool when you've been from the crowd to the ring like it's it's awesome to be honest it's <laughs> so it's like your story kind of uh, like yeah it's, it's, the, it's the bit they put in the, the overall Hall of Fame package um, <laughs> I was in the crowd once and now and now I'm doing it um yeah. And the show's ended. Uh, everything stopped. Yeah. Nothing's happening. Lockdown hit. Um, mm-hmm. How were you, before you, we get to the, the tapings, but how, how are you kind of occupying yourself during that, that time? Just, just keeping in, trying to keep in, keep in shape and watch as much wrestling as I, as I can, to be honest. Um, it, I was fortunate enough when the world kind of went, stopped and closed and gyms were closed and whatnot uh, I've got a friend who has a gym in his garage so I was always sneaking there so I still got my gym fix in and I just thought you know when when shows come back I still need to be in shape I still need to look apart um, I'm obviously not getting to wrestle so I need to watch as much wrestling as I can I've got like a big like a big nerd I've got like a couple of notebooks beside my bed and I watch matches and write stuff down I watch promos and write stuff down um just what because gotta gotta occupy myself and getting back wrestling fix and try and improve without actually being able to get in get in the ring you know is there anyone in particular that you've been focusing on when you're doing that or is just anything everything so I was kind of going through 
going through wrestlers again the network's so good so but we just a jump up and down generation so i think we had bret hart and randy orton and um mr perfect rick rude uh, going through tag teams like the rockers um heart foundation going to own heart stuff um promos rick flair and anderson just i could list list them all like there's, there's again the network is just such a good source and i watch more more 1990s and 1980s stuff and i will modern day stuff um i mean we're not going to totally show the network but you're on it so uh, realize, yeah. uh so <laughs> yeah so the tape has come back uh you're you're called up i think you're on the first show one of the first shows that went out anyway um what was like getting that call going right we've got this idea can you come back and we'll, we'll do some wrestling do the tape and so it's oh, so buzzing so buzzing so yeah all credit to icw like it's very like we've got in all the protocols we get tested we do the, the temperature checks and sign off sheets and they have us going in, in slots and probably saying too much but going in, in slots and and disinfecting the ring after them and like it's really good good setup and we're taking all the precautions that that they can like there's not anyone the only people that are there are the people that should be and there's no one hanging about and they're there for the business purpose not for it's not a jolly up you know and getting to to let us wrestle and it's we're just very fortunate that they've been able to 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 do that which is which is great and it's been great to be involved it is um a surreal experience that's for start wrestling in front of no crowds but um Yes, yeah, uh, I'm kind of used to it now because it's been a good few times we've been in, but just getting to go back and wrestle, like, again, very fortunate because I know some people have, haven't been able to wrestle since March 2020. And now we're in June or July when this comes out um, and still not really any wrestling. I know England's slightly opening up, but it'll be, I don't know when Scotland will have, will have shows of crowds. When were you aware that it was going to be on the WWE Network? Was it on the first call or after the first match? When, when did you find out? I don't think... Um, so obviously ICW have their, their on demand anyway. So I assumed it was getting filmed for that. And I don't think it was until after... I can't remember. I don't. I think it wasn't until a couple of tapings in that it was, uh, that it was going to get, get put on the network, which is very cool. <laughs> Uh, when when it went up, or I mean, I've asked uh, a lot of other folk that that have on the that are on network now. Uh, was it just on repeat, or anyone who came in conveniently, the network came on, and there you were, or uh, it was just <laughs> yeah. how, how much did you annoy people with it? <laughs> a lot, <laughs> a lot. Um, it's just surreal, isn't it? Like getting to type your name in and on the WWE network, and it comes up, but. Um, <laughs> I recently learned that if you type in Jack Morris, it will come up, um, as well as my matches, it will come up every Jack Swagger and John Morrison match there's ever been. So <laughs> that was quite cool, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that, that, is, that is the weirdest thing. Uh, and of course, the Peacock, um, you're wrestling in front of a, a potential 42 million people. Uh, not that I think I feel like in this podcast I've just done nothing but heap more pressure on you as a wrestler. 
you ever, I like I don't think about it though at the time <laughs> when I have to wrestle when it comes down to it and the bell rings I'm not really thinking about that but after when you say it and I'm sitting here yeah it's pretty wild like it's pretty mad um, so what's it like you, you said about it being in front of nobody um, I mean you wrestled Blair Gary I'm sure that's, that's been the first time uh, <laughs> but uh, what was it like actually doing the wrestling in front of no one <laughs> You don't um, have to answer that a little bit. That's fine. <laughs> this is for me. <laughs> um, no, again, it's just surreal. Um, obviously, a lot of it's you've got to get the crowd involved, and you take um, crowd reactions are so important, and that's what you feed off of. I think the main, the thing that's most strange, strangest, most strange. I don't know what correct angle it is, but. Um, just getting up for it, it's not really the same. You don't really have the same adrenaline levels, like when you know you're going out to like an empty, like an empty unit, and uh, it hurts a bit more too. <laughs> There's no crowd to try and like get the adrenaline that was going. But after after we first, now I'm used to it, so it doesn't seem as bad. But I've, the first few matches, I think I did two or three matches in one in one taping, and by the third match, it felt okay. But I think the first two I wrestled uh, BT Gun and and Jester and I think Booty chalked me a couple of times and Jester body slammed me on the floor and I thought well this would hurt a lot less if there was a crowd here. <laughs> yeah. And and then you, you say all that and then you had a cage match. <laughs> yeah, I know. I get uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That was um, I know. I said, well, uh, what can you do, eh? <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a bit different, of course. Uh, it was uh, Bard, uh, you were against tag team champions at the time, uh, looking sharp, Krieger. Uh, not your first foray in tag team championships, of course, reckless tent tag champions with the Dickie Divers. Um, yeah. And then you won the titles in a cage match. Uh, sorry, spoilers for anyone that's trying oh, yeah. to catch up. You should have watched it by now. You should have, yeah. yeah. Um, so that must be a bit weird because, of course, you won the UK title, you won the X Championship, you won the, the Rex Tent Tag Championships in front of a crowd so that you got to feed off their reaction. How weird was it winning a title in front of, like, three guys, but two of them were your opponents, one was your partner, and it, oh, they had a referee and a cameraman? Yeah. <laughs> um, strange again, very strange, but um, I'll still take the win <laughs> in front of no one. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, no, it's just it's what it is again. Being more thankful for for getting the opportunity to wrestle in front of no one than not getting to wrestle at all. So, but no, it is it's strange. But hopefully, we'll still have have the belts when by the time Cribs come back. So, for me, when I when I watch it, sometimes it, it's very funny to watch uh, these shows uh, because they work experienced wrestlers. Uh, still treat like there's a crowd which mm-hmm. makes me laugh because they pause um for a reaction when they're doing promos and that just tickles me. <laughs> yeah so it's, like, it's like they say something very controversial and they're hoping that people <laughs> at home are going oh yeah. nobody's there um <laughs> anyway so so yeah that, that's still ongoing of course tactic champion you're, you're added to quite a long lineage of of uh guys like just Sumerian Death Squad, you know, uh, Paul London and Brian Kendrick yeah. and and uh, Grado and Colt Cabana, you know, just just wee names, uh, yeah. <laughs> says Tag Team Champions. Um, so outside of that, though, you're on the telly. 
<laughs> I was waiting for I was waiting for us to be brought. <laughs> um, I, I do have my notes, but I'll give credit to Westy for for asking the question. Uh, what was I could see your voice like to take part in, and is there any other TV shows that you have your eyes on? Well, it was uh, a weird experience. A weird experience. Um, I just got. I didn't actually know what I was getting my, myself in for. To be honest, I didn't apply. A lot of people thought like I applied for it, but just one. The filming took place in December, but I got a message maybe like July, August time from a a boy from Thames TV just messaged my Instagram saying that. We're going. He didn't even name the show. So I'm looking recruiting for a new show. Like, are you interested? That's kind of how vague it was. And I was like, sure. I'm all ears. Like, tell me. And uh, he left his number, gave him a call, and he explained the show and said it was big in big in Korea. <laughs> that was kind of. It. And he was like, and then he asked if I could if I could sing, and I was like, mm, not not really. And. Uh, he was like, even better. And I thought, what is this? So then just Zoom calls from there and a couple of trips to London. And then I was was on this show. But it was just such a, it was a surreal experience because the whole, like I'd never really known what, what TV was like and stuff. But the whole, for an hour of TV, like it took five and a half hours to film. Like something ridiculous. And uh, it was just, yeah. Fancy Pie McGuinness and whatnot, and Amanda Holden, Jimmy Carr. Like, it's just kind of surreal because we're just there. Uh, just did there you... slating you <laughs> how bad your outfit is. Which, again, people think it was my gear. It wasn't, but I got to keep it. So it might turn up at a show. You never know. <laughs> that was actually my next question. Did you buy <laughs> your own gear? Um, but no, it works. Joe Hendry, after he did his, 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 his uh, WWE stuff, turned up for the next show in his pink suit. So, you know, it's still it's. There you go. But, uh, but yeah, I, I did see it. Well, I, I didn't watch it. Um, I, did, I saw clips of it. But the, t- the day after, I got a text, again from my mum, she's got a lot of mentions in this podcast, um, just going, do you know a Jack? No, no. Uh, for the wrestling. I went, yeah, uh, you've seen him. <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah. You should stick to the wrestling. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. God, no, she's not wrong. <laughs> but on the surface of it, a guy, a random guy has messaged you to say, do you want to be on a TV show? Can you sing? Not really. Great. It's a bit weird. <laughs> it's weird. It so, weird. And then in a couple of months, you're on, you're getting, you're in a TV studio and you're having to, having to sing. Just like uh, the, the mix between the, well, the rockers and Macho Man. Uh, yeah. but I thought no. it was more like something of a great showman, to be honest. But... <laughs> Uh, so, so after that, did you get to speak to like Jimmy Carr and all that kind of stuff, or was it more nah, case of nah, you were there and slated and left? Oh, I, I pretty much that. So the stage I got eliminated. I mean, you won't be able to tell on the, on the telly, but once I walk off that stage, like twenty minutes later, I'm already back at back at the hotel. I'm not sure if it was different because of COVID, but like it was very like and do your do the show out. Um, Paddy McGinnis got to speak to him, but the others, I don't think I really could speak to the others though because I couldn't reveal my voice and I couldn't, um, I, yeah, so it was kind of top top secret until uh, I actually had to be revealed as a, a terrible singer and then speak and then it was kind of away and done. 
to be honest, it seems like the most wrestling thing ever. So you go in, do your best, get slated, and then leave. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, right. So I usually do some stupid questions, and we'll, we'll go into into kind of the future and all that kind of thing. Mm. Um, but before I do that, you, you kind of answered it already, saying do gymnastics. How did you find out that you could do a second rope shoot in Star Press? Um, again. I'd done gymnastics when I was doing gymnastics. Um, yeah, again, it was a it was a display team um, in Dunfermline called Carnegie Spartans Display Team. They were actually on Britain's Got Talent, I want to say, two or three years ago. Um, but it was just one of those things. I'd, I'd always done gymnastics as well as football, and then when I got a bit more serious with football, I had to give the gymnastics up because training clashes and. I wanted to be a professional footballer at the time. So, yeah, the gymnastics, I was just doing tumbles and stuff on the floor. And then when I got into a wrestling ring, doing a shooting star press off like a springy rope is easier than doing a somersault on the floor. So I just kind of went for it with a crash mat. And there you go. So that whole move, just the logistics of it, that and uh, Pax, uh, Black Arrow, I just I don't understand how the body does it. But I actually know people who have who have seen him train like back before he was he was so big, um, and just said the stuff he could do tumbling like on the floor was just ridiculous, which doesn't surprise me because what he does in the ring is ridiculous. That seems like a good matchup in the future, maybe. Okay, um, yeah, I'll take it. Never know. Uh, so yeah, our two stupid questions I ask people uh, that have somehow come into form. One you probably answered already because it's a, it's a looking sharp prior question. You've hung around them enough to probably be dragged into this. Uh, but our, our first question is usually, what's your favourite dinosaur? Favourite dinosaur? Yeah. <laughs> um, I would, you know, it's... No, it's daft. When when you said that, the first thing that came into my head was Barney. That's it. That's an answer. That's fine. <laughs> well, I had to be like a type. No, no, no. Um, it, could be as, it, it could be as it could be as technical as you. It, it could be as, as tedious as you want. Barney's fine. Um, I haven't said it in a while, but turkey dinosaur brought, was brought up once, which was amazing. That was an amazing answer. So you know. It, it's that's the same with the next question. It's your imagination that that uh, that makes the answer. Um, the other one is: What would win a fight? Two sheep or one cow? Cow. Cow. <laughs> Every day of the week. So, so it's, it's. I think it's kind of getting a bit fifty-fifty now with the answers. Yeah. Uh, folk are, are giving the sheep a bit more credit. I mean, I, I still am. I still believe in the sheep. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's a bit, uh, that's your answer. I should really start trying to, we we'll to go back through the episodes and start not marking the yeah, answers. Yeah. And You're like whiteboard behind you and marking them up. That's actually not a bad idea. I mean, write that down, write that down. Yeah. Whiteboard. Uh, and every time I just walk over and go. Um, right, so to the future then. Of course, still, there's still tapings uh, when it's safe to do so going on mm. uh, for ICW. Uh, is there anywhere that you're wanting to get to when shows uh, come back, whether it's a long-term goal or short-term, where do you want to be? Um, everywhere and anywhere. Um, just 
just want to wrestle as much as I, as much as I can, to be honest. Um, I've said from the start, um, once I got in for it, into it, I just I want to make a living out of it. So whether it's on independence or with a bigger promotion, a bigger company, then then yeah. But I just want to be able to to make a living out of it and sack the job and just be full time full time wrestler. It should be awesome. I mean, you're certainly making the steps towards. I mean, because ICW have got a very close link to WWE, mm-hmm. um, so that that's and you've done stuff at WXW, so NXT UK surely is not out of the question in the near future. I, I would like so. to think. I hope so. Uh, and then, as far as opponents go, uh, is there anyone in the world who would you be facing that's still active? Uh, Randy Orton. He is the best in the world. So that's yeah. Yes. Rand, yeah. Gotta be. Gotta be. He's um just so good. And he was like when I said about writing stuff down and watching wrestling, like even going back to like when he's an evolution and whatnot in 2004, 2005, like he's just ridiculous. And I think he's like 24 years old. And it's like it's not not normal. <laughs> just so good. I mean, in the last uh, it's match with Edge and that. I mean, I know it, it, it was loaded with the greatest match of all time, but mm-hmm. it's hard to fault it at all. It's really so good. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but you said you're, you're going back through the the older kind of stuff. Is around your and you're kind of Lynch pinned to to the, the modern stuff. Is that yeah? We'll go back and see what he's doing. Gonna be, I was going to say yeah, AJ or AJ or Randy. Nowadays, or Drew, of course, yeah, we'll go have Drew in there somewhere, yeah. Um, so yeah, and, and it said long term goals is it WWE? Is that the, is that the end game? Making you making a living, WWE, yes, yeah, I'll be honest, yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, if, if you go into it as a hobby, that's what will always be. So, if you got to aim big and you want to, to not do anything else but it, then. You've got, you got, you got to be confident with it. you got to say, I'm going to make it. So Yeah, law of, law of attraction. The exactly. law of attraction. Uh, the old, uh, uh, I did not long ago, I wrote down a list of names. I can't remember what the phrase is now. I'll remember it as soon as I start, hit stop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you actually avoided a question from Westy there. Any other TV shows that you have your eyes on? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, not really. But people can, like... I'll go on TV again, sure. It was a fun experience, so why not? Um, it's be as bad as <laughs> singing, so. But, but Take Me Out, it's got a, a history for, well, it's got a very bad history, I just ignore what I said that. Um, <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, so where can, where can people find you on social media? Actually, no, before I do that, because the wrap-up question, if you had any advice for, for anyone who's starting to do wrestling, um, Obviously, one advice will be check where you're going. But uh, what would be your ultimate, what would be the first thing you tell yourself on your first day? My first day, work, work hard. Work hard. Listen. Don't, don't speak. <laughs> Listen to the people. Listen to the coaches. I mean, you speak. You can ask questions. Um, but, yeah, just listen. Like... Listen, do your research on the school. Like, the Dundee thing, it's not... Just look 
at the school and look who's the coaches and look where they've been and see their reputation and see their relationship with other promotions and wrestlers that come to them because yeah depends how far you want to take it but for myself yeah um put put in effort hard work and it's cheesy but i believe like hard work pays off otherwise i wouldn't be going to the gym and i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing with my wee notebooks and whatnot so yeah you know i mean it, it's it always pays off you never see it's never the laziest person that's on at the top unless yeah. they want it but uh, i mean it's never the laziest person that that's uh that's making all the the social media waves and all that kind of thing it's people that are actually taking the time uh, whether it's it's twitch streaming uh, or or doing the work podcasts uh, even though it's it's like, just just putting the work and effort to keep yeah. your name out there and doing everything like every, everything in life whether it's wrestling or just like your day-to-day job like you know what i mean you get back what you put in exactly yeah. that's a great saying that's a great saying um and before we do the wrap up best uh, brooklyn 99 character in episode hope hope's my favorite always and um any Halloween heist episode is great. Uh, it's the one with the proposal, the kind of the pinnacle, though, of course, because it's got the championship cummerbunds. Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Yeah, that's a wee. Yeah, it, it's it's that we crossover because as soon as it, it, as soon as you pulled out the belt, my wife turned to me and went, "Oh, you're gonna like this one." So, I like all of them. This is just <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> just garnish on a lovely, uh, <laughs> <laughs> lovely meal as it is. Yeah. Um, it's tell us the morning I'm doing this because I've spoke about food so much because I'm so hungry. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, oh, before we go, the the nine nine uh, merch, the first one with the with the ice cream cone. Yes. Who's I? Did someone? That was, was the idea. Was, <laughs> right now. was that your way of going? Right, we don't want to copyright Brooklyn Nine Nine. Ah, ninety nine, ice cream. <laughs> Is that kind yeah. of? The, well, we just figured that people would call us the 99s, and it's not what it is, so. Uh, it's that whole uh, Blink-182 thing, uh, yeah. what we're going to call us. But, uh, yeah, no, it has to be 99. It can't be anything else. Uh, right, where can people find you on social media, then? Where can people buy your, buy your wares, buy your merchandise? So, on Facebook, it's Jack Morris Wrestling, and on Instagram and Twitter, it's the same, so it's Jack Morris X 17 Sorry, Excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me on.